This is Swamp Soul Talk, the podcast with Jim Quick. Welcome to another Swamp Soul Talk. We got a great show today. I promise you, this podcast is going to be off the chain. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. This dude's hard to catch. He's touring with every damn body. But he's he is in the studio today, Albert Rogers. This podcast is brought to you by Grand Strand Realty. Looking to buy or sell a home in beautiful North Myrtle Beach? Call or stop by Grand Strand Realty, located on Sea Mountain Highway in Cherry Grove, North Myrtle Beach area. List your house or search for the perfect dream home. Use the ages that uh, grew up right here in North Myrtle Beach and know this area and love this area more than anyone. For almost 70 years, Grand Strand Realty has been pleasing homeowners. Contact them today at 843-249-1404 or visit them online. Times are crazy right now with real estate. They can find the best deal available and they can sell your house at the best price available. That's what they do. Once again, 843-249-1404 or you can check out their listings and more information at sccoast.com. Like South Carolina Coast, sccoast.com. If you're looking to uh, get a vacation rental, they can help you out too. Grand Strand Realty. Albert freaking Rogers is in the house. Uh, what's going on, Quick? Nothing, man. <laughs> I can't believe that I got to do a show with you yesterday with the Malarkey Brothers. You went back home and then turned around and came back uh, to North Myrtle Beach to do this podcast for me. I know you're a busy man, yeah. and I appreciate you so dang dang much for it doing that. It just goes to show you how busy a musician is right now. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> nah, man, I've always loved this. this. Is awesome, yeah, man. But I love your intro music, man. I, I you know who that I mean, is. Look how good y'all got after you got rid of me. <laughs> look how good y'all got, man. You crazy? Y'all turned into the the wrecking crew or something, man. I'm telling you right now, that, that it, it, be completely honest with you, man. Uh, Casey Meyer just, I mean, he just took the man. And, you know, I, know. I, I wanted to quit this shit. I don't want to do it anymore. He's a man of. Wears a lot of hats. Casey's got a lot of hats. Get up on that microphone, bro. You know the rule. Well, I know. I'm sorry. Thank you. Yeah, Casey wears a lot of hats. Man, he really, literally, and figuratively, he truly doesn't need any of us. He really does, <laughs> man. <laughs> wow, what a great record he put together, too. I mean, My you God. know, he's already. We're going to go to the same studio next time, and and you know, he, we're already working because his albums are well more formulated than mine. Because mine are always all over the road, and he's like, no, we're going to focus on this style and blah blah blah. You know, the next one, he's already got a concept. He's he's you know, just let him. You know, it's amazing that I realized the most talented people are the most popular people are the most successful people know how to know how to delegate they know how to give you know give the crap to somebody else to do and i mean casey meyer has just been i mean combination of him and sarah which i you know casey's been with me forever and i hired sarah and hell who knew that they would end up 
together, but you know, I've made it very clear to both of them. I said, I hired you separately. I can fire you separately and you have to quit separately. You're not allowed, you know, if one of them gets mad, you know, people are like, Jim would get drunk and fire his damn band in a minute. I'm like, hell yeah, I will. <laughs> but are you worried about getting drunk and firing Sarah? I said, no, I'm getting worried about getting drunk and Sarah quitting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they're great. They, they know what they're doing for sure. Man, I tell you what, the, I mean, you came to Saturn yesterday and your nephew, uh, uh, play drums with us, Gary. Right, right, from the Rogers family band. That's your brother's son. My brother's son. And your brother's stupid talented, too. Yeah, he's a ridiculous guitar player. Your yeah. dad, who passed quite a while ago, I mean, he was a brilliant musician. Very good guitar player as well. You know, he played that um, Chet Atkins style finger picking. And, and that's your favorite shit. That's my, that's my shit. I hated it then. Strangely enough, I hated it growing up. I hated that. I hated bluegrass music. I hated southern gospel music because it was just all I heard. I couldn't stand it. I was the same way. My dad listened to like uh, Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings yeah. and all the classic outlaw country dudes, and I hated it. Yeah. I, you know, I love it now. And now I just pine for it all. Yeah. It's all I listen to. Man, it's amazing because, uh, I mean, you're you're – even though you're you're a normal dude, I mean, I've, I've known you for a long, long time, and we we've done a bunch of stuff together, a bunch of different adventures and stuff. You are a very grounded person, a very real person. You don't you don't play bullshit. I mean, it's like it, I, you're this is the way you are, and you're an honest dude, and you're straight up and everything. But you're also real eclectic. I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, you yeah. re you really are, especially when it comes to music. I mean, I remember you talking mad shit about Lumineers. About you, you called all that kind of music like uh, I'm trying to remember. You called it uh, Lion King, right? <laughs> you right. It, and then yeah, and then I think you end up doing. I think with the waiter, somebody end up doing a show with them or something somewhere, working with them somewhere. And you came back and said they're so badass. It's like yeah. something opened your mind. Yeah. To it. Yeah. Well, that that happens a lot, you know. Um, especially over the last, you know, actually when I, when I joined Coastline, I had started to lean into that Americana stuff, you know, that I was sort of raised on. Right. And, uh, I mean, I've never been too good at, you know, I mean, I love funk music. I love, you know, all that stuff, but the, that was never the gig for me. You know, when I started playing, I can't ever, you know, I mean, you don't, you do, I mean, I can't see you like, oh, I can't wait to play Brick House. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love Brick House. And I mean, I, everybody's had to learn Brick House, but just for me, it was um, instantly about singing and playing the stuff I was doing. And it was more, um, you know, I started out doing the old stuff, the Almond Brothers, and, uh, yeah, you know, learned all those those things but it was pop music in the 80s for me i know it's so funny you know? about it it was so funny about the 80s because you and i were crossing paths and we didn't even realize that i was like in like moore county same time you were it was a bigger world then yeah it's a bigger world right you know? right but um and so it was but it, when i started playing music it was just by by uh uh i mean my dad gave me guitar lessons or whatever. I never went anywhere with it till I was about 14 or 15 years old. And I, I picked up a bass because somebody needed a bass player. But you were always and singing. I was singing and playing bass. See, what amazes me is what people don't realize about you, you is you, even though you play a lot of Americana, you're touring with the weight and, and you're with Coastline, which is borderline Americana blues-ish, you know, stuff and everything. And, right. and But you are a phenomenal, I mean, like the 80s soul singers and stuff like that. That, I was, mean, my, that was my jam. I mean, it's crazy. People yep. don't realize this, but this, that stuff, Gregory Abbott, uh, what's his name? Oh. Uh, uh, Osborne, Jeffrey Osborne and... 
Oh man, my Freddie Freddie Jackson. Freddie Jackson. Oh, oh man, you. Oh man, man. y'all don't understand. We're riding around touring with Coastline, and he'd bust out singing this shit. I was like, oh my god, man, it's crazy how cool your oh, voice is. Man, man, I remember going through one time. I drove through the Hardy's drive-through in Southport, <laughs> and I, I pulled up to the window and I said, uh, "I'd like to get a, a a cheeseburger, no onions, uh, an order of fries, Mountain Dew." Woo, woo. <laughs> A Mountain Dew, woo, woo, woo. a Mountain Dew, woo, woo. you should be mine, oh mine. I mean, she gave you that man. Marriage. I got like two bags of food, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was into George Michael oh, and all that stuff. Man, that's man. good stuff. Oh, man. I love that singing stuff. I will be your father. What? Yeah, man. Oh man. Hey, who knew? Who knew? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> who knew? He really meant that. He meant that. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my jitterbug. <laughs> Wake me up before you go, 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 go. Uh, man. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I know, man. So, you know, I, had the, I know after the great shutdown, uh, we were all, like, struggling and stuff. I mean, you, you uh, just like me, we, uh, you know, we picked – we have a bunch of different things we could do just to survive, you know. You went through a, you went through a crazy ass divorce. You got two kids that you're raising, and uh, your mom's cool as hell. And uh, by the way, she's talented too. She's a singing fool. I met a whole family thing, but it was crazy times, and we all made it kind of through it. And you know, we're doing the Malarkey Brothers stuff when we can, and more and more of those shows are coming around. And you and you've been sitting in with some different bands that yeah. play throughout here regionally, yeah. but the weight is uh, is I mean, first of all, I don't want to get too much into this, but yeah. explain what the weight is the best that you can. Um, the weight is something that started after Levon Helm passed. Um, originally, it was Jimmy Vivino and the guys in the Midnight Ramble Band. Uh, you know, he'd pull in Larry Campbell sometimes as well. Um, but it was basically the core of the, the Midnight Ramble Band. They went out. They did a tribute show to Levon, pretty much, you know, uh, of band songs. And it went over like gangbusters. With Also, I'm sorry, I, I can't believe I didn't mention Jim Weeder, uh, who I work for now in the Wait Band. Um, he was a big part of it as well. You know, he was a, a member of the band after Robbie left and was with, with Levon until he died, you know. But they started doing band music, and it went over, and, and Jim found joy in it, you know. Um, and members, uh, uh, Jimmy Vivino obviously, uh, is busy with the Conan O'Brien show. So, yeah. uh, so Jim kind of took the reins and, um, filled in the positions and we went out and started doing some band music. We also do, it's not like, um, it's not a tribute, so to speak. We're not trying to sound just like them. We're not trying to, I mean, we certainly have, you have to have a reverence to certain arrangements. You know, some some things are better left the yeah, way they are. Right. But uh, we go out and have fun playing the music. It's also uh, Brian Mitchell, who was in the Levon Helm band the whole way um, on keys. And, um, and I bet he's so, bad shit crazy. So these guys, are con <laughs> these guys are connected to the band in a, you know, that's the, you know, their family. Right. You know, it's extended family of the band. So we go out and we do a mix of our tunes and the band tunes and, you know, uh, 
it's going pretty good. I mean, so you're not in a situation where you feel like you you have to be Danko or anything. No, there is no. Yeah, you, you can't do that. You know, there's certain there's bands out there that that do a straight up tribute, right? You know, um, but it's more of a an homage to the band. I get it because everybody was there. I've not they, seen the show personally live, but yeah. I've seen I've watched it live uh, being fed mm-hmm. uh, on online, and I've watched a bunch of uh, YouTube videos mm-hmm. and different things like that, and it's incredible. And it's really incredible. And I don't mean this in a in a negative way, but the band has never really had great singers. Well, they, you know, a lot of people would. And for me to say that, you know. Yeah, I hear. I know what you're saying. Um, it was never a, 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 this perfect sound. It was, a, you know. I don't it, think it was meant to be. It was an accident how it all came together and created the sound it did. And maybe there's no, uh, there's no, none of them individually were Pavarotti. Right. But uh, to get, but they had, I think they sang from a place that was so honest. Yeah. And everybody had pitch. They did. <laughs> and the thing about it is it's so loose and everybody, they never tried to mix their timbre to be like right. the BGs or anything. Right. Everybody just, you can hear all of their voices quarterly. It's like exactly. five different instruments playing you know, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 to make chords mm-hmm. vocally and everything. But I just want to say, I know you can't help it because you are a superior singer and everybody knows that. And I know you can't stand it when people say that, but it's so cool to hear some of these songs sing because you didn't go up there and try to sound like Levon or you didn't try to sound like somebody else that no. sang in the band, uh, uh, Robbie or anybody. I, um, you know, when, when I first joined the band, I, I mean, I wasn't, and, and you probably weren't either in this area. I wasn't raised on the band's music. No, the only reason I know them is from, from you. Exactly. Right. You know, and, and they're like this, uh, I guess they made some um, questionable decisions early on, you know, like not to be on the Woodstock record, not to be on the Woodstock movie, I guess. And they were like the best thing there. Right. And uh, I don't know, there's a certain obscurity to that music that didn't make it to me down here on the coast. You know, we, I guess it's always been more party music here though. Right. You know, it's not, you don't have as many sit down and listen crowds. No. And the thing about it is I've noticed and that there's a, there's, there's, two, it seems like to me, there's two different generations of people on the coast that really follow the band music. Cause normally it's a group of people that are older than you, cause you and I are about the same age. And it's normally a group of people that were older than us that weren't really into the whole beach music and R and B and soul sound. They were more into the, the, uh, Really, the whole movement, uh, the whole 60s movement mm-hmm. type thing, and they related to, not necessarily, lyrically, I don't think they ever really dove into political shit that mm-hmm. much, the band. It was always really, uh, everything almost seemed historical or, you know, uh, or make-believe or just telling stories and stuff. I mean, and the vibe of it all was, all, you know, it was kind of jam bandish, but it was a lot more organized than that. Yeah. Yeah, they played arrangements. And it seems like either, the, yeah, right, it just seems like it was the, the group of those people that, uh, uh, you know, and you always bring up Bob Dylan fans, but their music with Bob Dylan was completely different than the music that they did. Yeah, you know, it turned I, out well, they did a lot of his music. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it took me, I, Dylan is another one that I never got. Yeah. I never got it. I still don't. But there's and still songs that I, I mean, I love his lyrics. I mean, he's a poet. But there's exactly. some stuff that's jamming, that's yeah. grooving. Yeah, I get it. I get it from being around a lot of, you know, um, uh, I was just hanging out actually recently. Um, the, the keyboard player in the weight band, Brian Mitchell. Right. 
he released uh, a solo record just recently, which check it out. Look up Brian Mitchell and get his new record. It's is he crazy as hell? It's he's he's a good guy, man. I know that he's got to <laughs> yeah. be good, but yeah. his life experience has got to be, especially from where he's what oh, he's man. tonight. He's no, gotten, dude, let me tell you, this this guy needs to write a book. You would he he's he played for years with like Wolfman Washington. You know, he's done every kind of gig. He's had every kind of gig beating you can imagine, I'm sure. Wow, just nuts. But but he's wonderful. And uh, he just recently did a CD release party that I went to, and it was he had uh, Tony Garnier, Bob Dylan's bass player, right. uh, was on the gig. And, uh, you know, being around a lot of the you, – you look at Dylan through, through – uh, you don't – you know, we're from the singers. We listen to singers. Right. You know, we want to hear people sing Bob Dylan songs. But uh, I get it. Yeah, I, I get mean, it. I, I can enjoy Dylan now. I guess is my point. Yeah, and I'll tell you the truth. I went to see Bob Dylan with. Uh, it was strange. It was Bull Dur- uh, or uh-huh. Durham Bulls right. they, at, at their uh, at their stadium. I saw Willie right. Nelson, John Mellencamp, and Bob Dylan together. Right. And Bob Dylan would get in there. He would jam for like five minutes before he even said a word. I'm yeah. just sitting there playing the same groove. But you find yourself getting lost into it. Exactly. And then, and all of a sudden, when he did speak or did say lines, if you understood it, right. it meant a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, man. You know, it just, yeah. it's a different take on the way it, the way it's thrown at you. And I get it. And I think the, the other, the other group of people that are, that are following the band uh, or the right. weight uh, right. or whatever is this younger generation that uh, you know I hate to call them heads but I mean yeah, yeah they're into the whole marijuana uh, the the yeah. whole thing right now the whole Colorado high or whatever but these kids are very in tune of what's going on musically I mean, it, whether they follow fish or uh, uh, grateful dead you know uh, what's the one we were label mates with uh, when we were on landslide records oh uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about. It's on the end of my tongue. I know. You know what I'm talking about. They they opened up the, the subdudes. No, no, the, no, the jam band that opened up the 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 college, that opened up the new place Wide, and widespread widespread panic. Yeah, widespread. you know, and they're into that. the same. Those same kids are into uh, the band, and they're they're like getting into the new material for the weight. So I can right. see I can see the weight now. Even though y'all are, there's some remnants of the the band in the band, yeah. uh, structurally yeah. uh, or family tree wise, right. uh, but y'all are starting to make your own albums and own recordings that are getting mad respect, and incredible reviews, and they're starting to buy that. So I mean, I could see almost like a different branch mm-hmm. of it coming out, where instead of being a tribute band or somebody's paying homage to something, where it's kind of taking its own identity. It's right. like we might have been born from the sound of the band, but we've, we've risen up to our own identity because right. what's the drummer's name? I keep forgetting. Michael Bram, man, you He's and Michael, boy. and from, you know, I love you and I miss you, but I'm, I remember being on the crew, the beach music cruise with you yep. and you mean, you're sitting up on top and you said, I need to talk to you. I'm not sure if I want to do this. And I said, yep. what's going on? He said, the guys in the, are, are starting this thing called the wait and you named all the musicians are going to be doing it and what the, what the idea was. Right. And you said, I'm really nervous about doing it. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I looked at you and said, Albert, if you don't take this gig, I will fire you yeah. and you don't have a choice. It was, it, yeah, it, it was, uh, I kind of had to, but, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> right. I mean, we were talking about, we, we were talking about the, the band taking its own identity yeah. Yeah. or the wait. We've got a, We've got another, uh, one thing we got done in the pandemic, which every time this band has started to get off the ground, ugh, 
something happens. Well, man, we finally got the combination, I think, of good good guys. We got the singers, and, uh, you know, the harmonies are starting to ring out and stuff. It's sounding good. And then, bam, pandemic. <laughs> man, the stuff so, that you played for me on the new stuff. So what we did, we got, during the pandemic, we mixed, um, we've got two live records out. Right. And we've got a new studio record in the can that we um, we produced, was produced by Colin Linden. Man, you know I love him. Yeah. Colin's a bad boy. But He's he, about to release his new album. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he'll take us on tour with him. Yeah. Please, please Colin. Please, Colin. You know, you know, <laughs> you know the dude. You know, all but those he, cats. Oh, he's a sweetheart, and what a genius. Just uh, incredible. Man, did you ever think you'd play, like, Carnegie? I know you toured before, because when I met you, you talked about going all through Scandinavia and Europe and playing yeah. all these different places. But, I mean, you've been, like, recently, like, even with all this stuff going on the last couple of years, you still played Carnegie Hall. You're going to Japan. I mean, it's, this is right. – I mean, you have got to be sitting back going, I can't believe that I actually get to live this life. It's a, it's just a fluke, man. <laughs> it's And it's been going on for – you know, 20-something years now and uh, because of my relationship with Jim Weeder. Right. But, I mean, you know. Jim Weeder took me all over the world. You know, it's a crazy cool it's stuff, crazy. man. It's crazy. I end up on these gigs that, um, you know, f- for the last 20 years, and I'm, like, pinching myself, like, why am I here? Uh-huh. Because, and it comes down to one thing, and I tell you musicians this, be- being, like, an, you know, uh, uh, an incredible player is great, but... Number one, do they want to be on a tour bus with you right. for six weeks? And I don't know, uh, you know, Jim Weeder could hire Tony Levin to play bass with him, but he wants to go to Scandinavia with Albert. Right. I, I, I got <laughs> We raise hell. I got you. I got oh, man, you. I drank those Vikings under the table <laughs> when I was over there. After, after the first the first drunk I pulled over there. Right. After, and you're not, you got to keep in mind, you're not a big drinker. I'm not a big drinker, but I had one, just one, one really really drunk night yeah then other then the rest of the time i was stepping over them right yeah that's funny as hell man <laughs> i mean i would love just to been a fly on the wall but I, even all the adventures that we've had together and everything but i bet that the whole thing was uh, it's funny as hell because you know I'm, i keep in touch with you and i talk to you and stuff i mean even when all the shit that we went through with our last marriage it's like it's like one time we were even like rooming together for a little bit and then next thing you know you're gone and you're like touring all over the place and i'm yeah. you're like i'm like where are you heading to you know i'm getting ready to get on a plane i'm going over to you know we're playing tonight in washington state yeah. blah 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 and he said where are you going i'm like well, I'm going up here to Wager, and we're going to play the winery up in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same, same old shit for me. But. Dude, it's the same thing. It don't matter whether you're – I mean, you know, for me, getting on an airplane and flying to Michigan is no worse than driving from here to freaking Greenville, South Carolina. Right. And it's all ass-beating. Oh, you know? it's a beating. Yeah. It's just a road-beating. Unless you're in – thank goodness for the comforts of Lady Odyssey. Now, man, that was, let me tell you, you understand what he's talking about. We we didn't have, when Albert's in the band, we didn't have a tour bus. And even when we had the opportunity to get one, we were riding in this one Honda Odyssey to the point we drove the wheels off of it. 500,000 miles or something. 585,000 miles. Woo! And then uh, finally we decided, what are we going to get, boys? And we all got together and we decided we're going to get another Honda Odyssey. <laughs> Burgundy this time. Uh, Burgundy. Uh, yeah, that was a cool color. With all the accoutrements. Man, we smoked. I'm going to just be honest. We smoked a lot of weed and them things, man. Man. Woo. God almighty. Man, we come around 
come around the corner to be roadblocks, kind of rolling the windows down, panicking, man. Oh, my Lord. It's hilarious. It was crazy. <sighs> but we were still good, though. We were, man. We were you know, good. We, I think we're the first band in this whole market around the Carolinas to even write and sing songs about smoking weed. You know, nobody was, everybody's like just stepping away from that. It's like, oh, I can't believe it. But you realize it's so funny because uh, you realize when you're honest about it and then you're out of play, you find out how many of these, <laughs> these some bitches out here are actually smoking it with it's you. A, it swept the nation, man. It is sweeping the nation. <laughs> Snoop was right. It's right, man. Snoop was right. I know. You if know. everybody would do this instead of getting hammered, it'd be a whole different world. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah it would. It sure would. We wouldn't be in such a hurry. We sure wouldn't. Yeah. Man. Yankees be even madder yeah. down here. These people are just insanely slow. Yeah, yeah. Bastards. Yeah. Bastards. I know, man. So <laughs> we I know I know you're not probably gonna do this, but we always offer our guest uh a drink from the wet bar. Uh I'm out of tequila, obviously. Yeah. That was one of the first things to go. But we have high end bourbon, man. We've got uh uh Wellers, we've got uh, Blanton's, and we've got chicken cock. Well, I'll tell you what, just to, not to break the tradition, I'll have a little shot, but I'll sip it. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll do one with you then. Yeah. So, I Bring mean. Bring it on. Huh? Bring it on. All right. We'll, we'll do Blanton's. I got to be a fan. I was dating this girl. I call, we'll just call her Apples right now. That'd be a good name. Okay, she Apples. Had really big titties. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, tell me more about apples. Yeah, she was awesome. Anyway, she brought me a bottle of Blanton's for my birthday a couple of years ago, and I was like, "Oh, thanks." That was, and I, that's the first time I'd ever had it. And I'm like, and then after I, I said, "I'm gonna go get me another bottle of that," and I found out you can't just get it. You know, it's not in stores, and you have to, you have to find it. It's like 185 dollars a bottle. Woo. It's insane. Yeah, what you poured in the. What'd you pour it? Mountain Dew? She got some, I know she got mad as hell on me. She's like, have you tried any of Blanton's? I said, yeah, me and Bobby killed it last night. She said, what? <laughs> well, man, some of these bourbons now are dangerously smooth. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it, they figured it out. Yeah, this is one of them, man. I'll sip this with you. We'll enjoy the rest yes. of the podcast together. Yes. Cheers, brother. Mm, I sure. love you, Albert. Love Sorry. you, brother. Mm. I sure do enjoy the Malarkey Brothers. I'm going to tell you that right now. Man, I'm going to tell you the truth, bro. Those, those dudes... Uh, those dudes last night that were sitting over that table, they were losing their mind. They were jumping up and down. It seems like he said, "Man, it was if y'all if if, if y'all I felt like y'all reading my mind." It was like I want to hear some Van Morrison, and we play some Van Morrison. And he's like, "I want to hear some you know Deborah McClinton. We'll play some Deborah McClinton. I want to hear some uh, of the Weight, and we play um, or some of the, you know, the band. Yeah. We we'll play some of the band, you know." And it's so funny because. We don't play any coastline stuff. We don't play any King Tyrone stuff. It's right. you, it really up front. It's myself, you, and Casey. Right. And um, we were blessed to have your nephew play uh, basically a, a snare drum and a and a bass drum pedal last night. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, And that's hard to find somebody happy doing that. Yeah, and he's really good at it. Well, I like it because I know you were playing percussion, but, man, we, we needed you up. We need. I like the way we're set up now. Yeah, I like that. You can. You don't need to. You do not need to be in the back. Well, not only that, we I'm not. To. I'm not a drummer, and me sitting there trying to sing and and play keyboards and play drums. I mean, it was fun to look at, but aesthetic as musicians, it wasn't as good as we can be. Yeah. And I had fun playing keys last night. It's been a long time since I really just got to dive into it and play keyboards. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about it is, when you try to, if we started out doing this, trying to keep it like or whatever it is, an acoustic type situation. 
but uh, it it as soon as you bring in the PA and the microphones, yeah, I mean that's fine in the living room. Keep it there, right? Keeping it uh, at the you know the corner of the wine bar, right? But once you add, once you mic it up, then you. Then you want more? Yeah, you got. Yeah. We got. If we're, if we're gonna be. We're gonna be run through a PA singing through microphones. Yeah. It's one thing we're in those, like you said, like a little wine bar, or coffee shop sitting over in the corner. That's yeah. not it. Now they put us on. Now we're on stages again. Right. I yeah. mean, we Larky Brothers are three months old, and all of a sudden now we're on stages. I know. We got to practice, bro. I know. We really do. We don't know what the hell we're doing. We really don't, people. We're shooting from the hip. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was so funny because I'd call out songs that you know that I knew, and Casey's like, eh. I and mean, we're so laid back, Casey. No, I don't want to do that shit. Yep, that's the way. Well, we, we got to practice. What was that? A co- oh, I want to do. A, you may be right, Billy Joel. You're like, eh, next. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. We got. I mean, we even played over at um, so Broadway, not Bro- uh, Barefoot Landing on the stage out there. Right after that huge storm and stuff, people still came out there and sat in the rain or sat in wet grass and stuff. It was fun. Yeah, you know, Casey's uh. Casey's come a long way. He wasn't that when he started playing guitar with us. He, even before you were in the band, he was there for a few years before you were. He was green. He was, I think he was only twenty years old when I hired him. I think our first gig he turned twenty one, but he, when he started practicing, he was like twenty. And by the time you come around, you rode his ass, man. You're like you got to be a better guitar player than this. I mean, you well, you were his buddy. You were, y'all ended up being close friends to start with, but you didn't give you didn't give him any slack. Hmm. Yeah, like you don't remember this. Y'all don't remember. I remember the first time I saw you guys was a King Tyrone gig at uh, at Danny's place over in Riceville Beach there, the Palm Room. Right, right, right. Y'all, you don't really. Casey knocked me out that night. Y'all were awesome, dude. Right. You and Sam and and uh, Casey and you had a, a Matt. Matt. Got, he wore he wore baseball cleats. Yeah, he wore baseball cleats, but he could play bass. It yeah. was awesome. He wore like a nurse's outfit wearing baseball cleats. I don't know. I think... Um, I just came along listening to the right kind of music. Casey was trying to, you know, he's old. He's an old soul. He wants to play old music. Right. You know, he likes that. They got it right six, 75 years ago for Casey. I don't know. I felt, I felt like uh, you made him step up to the plate because he became, during the years you were the band, he really started to shine. I mean, to the point where he was just kind of this background dude that just was in Jim Quick's band to the point where everybody thought he's the greatest guitar player that we had with the best tone and the best licks he's and taste. He's a tone man. Man, he really is. He's a tone man for sure. But I, I felt like I felt like there was a lot of pressure put on him by you because they were honest with each other. You know? I think I was just along. I think Casey would have got where he is with or without me. Right. Maybe. <laughs> it's just know. I just happened to be there, making, you, making him laugh. Do you miss like uh, the the early early years of playing, like before Coastline? Everything is. Do you ever miss like how much fun it was? Just I can't wait to get on the stage and sh- you know get drunk or smoke, get and party with these people and get up on stage and blah. Do you miss the early years? Uh, yeah, I do. I guess I do sometimes because you know when once it becomes your living, it it changes. Um, you have to put yourself in situations to to find that, I know. that joy. When you know when it becomes a you know six to nine gig a week situation, it's at that point you're on the treadmill. You know, and the really people don't understand is being on the stage is not the hard part. It's the stuff that goes around it. Oh my God! It's you know we got. 11 hours tied up in every gig. Right. You know, 12 If you're hours. lucky. If you're lucky, you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's tough, man. Find that joy. Um, I feel that now, the way it works for me is I dread a gig. Do you? I will. I'll have 
anxiety. And as soon as I get on the stage, I'm having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> and, unless, unless you're, unless, I know you, unless you're with a shitty drummer, then you're yeah. in hell. Oh, well, luckily I don't play with any shitty drummers. So. Anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, we always had great drummers. Oh, yeah. We beat up some drummers now. Oh, you, everybody knows I hate drummers. I mean, I've made that very clear on this show, anywhere I've ever talked, any interview I've ever done. And the, the reason is because I feel like, and, and, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like normally when I hire a drummer, they're way better than they end up being because they're really concentrating and they're real focused. And I feel like once they get acclimated, they feel like they can just kind of like lay back and just do what they want to do. And they and you're driving the bus and everybody around you is uh, is on top of you. That's They're laying the foundation for the entire song. And what you do is what we do. And if you start doing things outside, then you're kind of leaving us. If we don't know what you're doing, and, and you just kind of, and, and, and just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, maybe it's just something internally in my head. That just I think makes a lot of times it's just, you know, and it doesn't apply just to drummers. It can just be the the wrong musician for the for the wrong gig. You know, if, if you, you know, because you, you, you coming from, um, uh, and I, I come from the same place you do, like Roots stuff. We like Roots Blues. We right. Like, uh, so everybody don't like that. Some drum, people, those drummers are hard to find. Some people just like Toto. No, a lot of people. You do. know what I'm saying, right. and that's and that's cool. You know, uh, we're playing it, but you know, it's kind of. I, I would just, I, you I, know, but I think one of the things people get don't understand. It's hard to play like Roseanne. I mean, yeah. you know, that, that's a hard song from Toto. That's to yeah. play it right. Yeah, play it right. I mean, that's yeah. difficult to do. But and it was like, oh, that blues shit is so simple. It's not. It's really not. If you're going to catch that shuffle, just the old school right to catch it right. Most people just think, you know, it's just a set of triplets in their head. Yeah, But it's not. Yeah. It's not that. It's totally yeah. about the feel. Yeah. You know. And that's one thing that threw me last night is your nephew just totally I mean, I had to catch myself. Yeah. I was like, man, I gotta get my shit together. This dude is like, you know, oh, man, he's, he's twenty one years old and he's like killing it back here. Man, I've been you know, he's uh, I'm gonna do everything I can to get him out playing drums. Yeah, know? he needs uh, to. Yeah, he's he's just a natural man. He's one of them dudes, man. One of them dudes. He's going to be one of those dudes. Right. M- reminded me, what's the guy that played with E Street Band that ha- that backed up on, uh, uh, co- when I guess when Conan first came out on him? What was his name? Um, Max Weinberg. Max Weinberg. Yeah. He had that kind of real crazy back end like yeah. he does, you know? Yeah. And I was like, man, that's insane. Yeah, he's, he's got it, man. He's he's definitely, I'm trying. that's what I'm trying to, that's what Uncle Albert is, uh, <laughs> is, is, is trying to lead him into. He likes now. He likes like cr- crazy metal, man. He that's oh really? Yeah, he likes uh, he likes to rock, and he loves all the classic rock. He can do all that, but I'm trying to get him a foundation in blues, man. Get you could have you could have surprised exactly. that exactly. But that's what blew me away when he we started doing the Rogers Family Band, and he got back there on that snare drum and started and I was like, oh my god, wait a second. He can and uh, he can sit down on it, um, so that's what I'm trying to do. Getting some old school behind him. It was so weird because let me tell you, that's what I mean. I'm out there. I'm, you know, I'm constantly terrified of the musicians that I run into when I'm doing my thing out there. Right. And uh, and man, what blows them all away is Levon Helm. What blows them away is that pocket man. It is man. Yeah, play as little as possible and keep that pocket man, and people will go crazy for you. Man, if I never heard a cymbal. The rest of my life, yep. I'd be happy. The way, the way, I mean, Levon, you know, very rarely hit yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's just that snare and that bass drum. I mean, even Willie Nelson's drum, Paul, yeah. when he, was, I mean, he just, he went out there with nothing but a snare drum. Yeah. Yeah. You should be able to do that. You know, I, I tell you, there used to be a Myrtle Beach guy that would, um, I remember Tony Blunt. I do remember Tony. Woo! Crazy, man, man. Tony would show up. I mean, and there'd be six, seven musicians in the band. Tony would show up to play drums and sing with a kick drum, a hi-hat, and a snare. Yep. And just, you didn't miss it. <laughs> he was so badass. You know, he knew how to use a hi-hat, you know, for like a little oh. splash or whatever. And oh, it was just tasteful, man. man. Just, man, yeah. he's so funky. And it's uh, there, you know, there are a lot of great, phenomenal musicians down here. I mean, you know, I was talking to Gary Nicholson about yeah. that. He's he's got family in South Carolina, like in the latter area, right? And he said the last time he was down here, he came down and just went, just you know, went and like uh, uh, Merle's Inlet, and it came up through Garden City, and they went to a couple of places, you know, and yeah. checking them. He said, "Dude, man, you got some singers and some pickers down there." Man, let me tell you, we got the singers down here now. We really do. We really got the singers. I mean, there's some great pickers up in Nashville, you know, and I've been, you know, I've been going up there. A lot, but man, our singers are better. They, they really, really are. are. I mean, I mean, really are. Yeah, the bar is higher down here, man. You better bring. You better sing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it, it 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 amazes me uh, how much musicians play in the Carolinas without having to leave the Carolinas. I know it. And make make a killer money. I mean, you can do it. You can do it. You really can. I don't know what the hell I thought I was going to do in Nashville, I, but I tell you what I did. What I've done, what I've done is I've learned to write better. I'm just hanging around people. Are, so I'm just, to me, it's just like going to writing school now. And there's nothing else I go for. I just want to write with these guys and get in their heads. And I mean, it's working with different people and how they do it, and just the well, thought you, process. You know, the thing about the game is just so different now. You don't really need to be in Nashville to do it. No, you just need to have those uh, relationships. And as far as you know, a hit song, it's as much of a crapshoot. For them, as it is for you now, well, with social media with, with the, the main memes. reason I could write and yeah. Skype and I could do it online with them. I can do that, but the main reason I really go is because uh, I can get drunk every night at a different place, and these girls don't know my reputation down here, so it's all like fresh meat. You know? Oh, <laughs> okay. Now it, it, it makes sense to me. <laughs> and there are there's bachelorette parties coming every night. I'll go. I'll, I'll know, go with you. Here comes that. My favorite thing is like the, the hot girls coming up to me around the Carolinas. They'll come up, can I get my picture with you? I'm like, hell yeah. She's like, my mama loves you. Man, let's go to Nashville. <laughs> let's go let's to me and you go to Nashville. Let's go to Nashville. Soon. Let's just get in the car and go. We will, man. All right. Anytime. Are, right. are you dating anybody right now? You no. seeing anybody? No, nah, man. Good. You're flying solo. Flying solo. Have you been, have you, have you, how long have you been single? Uh, pretty much for about three years. Have you like dated like anybody? Bit, no, but know, nothing serious. No, just man, I'm I'm a pretty busy guy. I'm kind of just kind of enjoying. Man, you got and you got during the COVID and everything. You got you really got to spend so because I'm not. You, you played a whole. We played 250 shows a year with Coastline at least. At least, and then uh, you're going on the road all the time with uh, the weight and flying all of uh, really all over the world. But once the the great shutdown hit. You really got to spend some time with your kids. Yeah, man, it was great. It was great. Are you closer and, and, to them now than you've ever been? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and and let me let me just say because you've made like two references to us being like divorced guys. Right. Everything's cool on that front, and I'm not like I'm not like struggling raising two kids by myself. Everybody does their part, and it's all it's all good. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. So, but you know, um, yeah. Everybody does their share, so. 
I mean, you know, yeah. you, I mean, you got a beautiful big family, yeah. you know, and you know. But I, I'm, I, let me just say, I'm the one that kind of works for myself, and I've got more free time to to do things, you know, as opposed to uh, Christine working, you know, all day. Is she still playing? Doing? Oh stuff? yeah, she's got. Yeah, they're. Uh, uh, my brother actually plays in the band too. So. Oh, they still got that going. Still there. got Christine Man, Martinez. I, I got to still. see. I got to see them play up in Southport. Uh, right before all the mass hit and everything, phenomenal. Yeah, it's really good. Good show. band. They got a new bass player. They got uh, uh Your kids didn't have a chance, dude. Nah, they 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 were just going to be musically influenced. Period. Yep. And and my little boy is resistant right now, but he's he also probably got something. It's just not going to, you know, he's anti-sister right now. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right. Elena gets all the attention, and uh, uh, but he's the dark horse, I bet you. I, he's going to bust out sing like uh, Justin Bieber's. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of athletic and everything, too, and he's a cool yeah, kid. Yeah, he loves know? basketball, man. Yeah. Basketball is. is and he's a cool kid, man. Yeah, he's real cool. Man. Real cool kid. You got just blessed, man, with a cool family. Yeah. My people are so scattered and so damn crazy. But, you know, my kids, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you feel guilt. I feel guilt for not, like, saying, hey, sit down. Let me teach you something on the bass. But, you know, I don't think that does a bit of good. If he picks it up himself, uh-huh. then I'll be there for him. But do it yourself. I'm, I, I, I promise you there's going to come a time when he's going to, Dad, show me how to do this. Because I don't, I've never pushed Elena one way or another, you know, uh, Cause she's so over my head, man. This child just picks it up and plays it. Man, the stuff that you see, you understand. When she first started recording her songs that she'd written stuff, you started right. sending them to me. I said, like, "What do you think about this?" I'm like, "He's like, she wrote that like in three hours and recorded it, and it's done." I'm like, "That's insane." It's insane. And she's working with um, her mother. Christine is in a duo with. Um, remember the Sponge Tones? Yeah. Jamie Hoover from the Sponge. I know Tones. exactly. You're okay, they do a, a a duo. Hoover and Martinez or. Yeah, that's it. And uh, he has sort of become uh, Elena's producer. Isn't he a drummer? He's a bass player, guitar player, drummer. He plays everything. Right, um, right. But, man, the the production value on this guy is incredible. Right. What, and so he'll take Elena's songs, and, you know, he doesn't mess with them. He just adds maybe a bass line. Uh, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing. So Elena's got it. Just you know, she's got, she's gonna do something. She's gonna do something, for sure. There's no doubt, man. Yeah. You started posting those videos of her, or, or really the family and everything. <clears throat> and what's so funny to me is she, there's not an ounce of. Uh, I, I'm sure I get the vibe from her. She's a little bit of an introvert, you know. Right. But at the same time, she is so full of confidence. There's like the the it, the one on one thing she probably has a harder time with than she does when she gets up on stage and she can just shine and be right. like, you know what I mean right right she's um, those are the people that you know those are the people that got the it when they and go it's like, that theater thing she was raised in the in the theater right um, which it greatly influenced her her music and that's either a good thing or a bad thing. Depends on whether or not you're a Billy Joel fan right <laughs> yeah you know? right exactly yeah, I get show it. tunes right but. Um, she has such a busy brain that um, it, some of her stuff is just over my head, however amazing. Right. You know? So she's leaning more into, I think she's going to be like Danny Elfman or something. Right. You know, arranging orchestras. Yeah. You know? where there's, it's got to, I, I need more stuff to work with in my head. It's scary. She can, right now her, uh, we just upgraded her to um, 
a Cubase Pro, you know, and right now she's waiting for the little dongle to come in the mail so she can get in. Right. So she's shut down and it's driving her crazy. Because so <laughs> she, she can't release her she, cre- creativity. Right she now. just gets up in the morning and sits down and, and produces something. That's crazy. Just man. rambles. Lyrics come out of her like oh, man. a it's, meal ticket right there. Man, you know, that, I really, really, uh, I want to observe. I, I know she probably doesn't work that way. She like likes to work alone yeah. and get. I mean, she, have you ever sat and watched her do this stuff? Oh yeah, it's it's insane. But she pretty much. Uh, I pretty much leave her alone. Right. I, I don't know what am I going to do. You know, boom, chicky, boom. <laughs> and when she brings stuff to you, she's not lo- really looking for like or, for approval or anything. It's like it's like Mm-mm. check it out, Dad. Well, I think you know all all little girls are looking for approval. Like her daddy's approval, you know. Right. But she she brings it, runs it all by me, and uh, and uh, you know I'm totally behind her yes. unless I've got something going on, and I'll say, "Hey, wait a minute, I can't pay attention to it right now." Yeah, that's the key. <laughs> well, there's two things that you and I got to do. I know for <laughs> sure. No, number number one, I think I think I know we need to practice with uh, Malarkey Brothers and all that stuff. But I think it'd be cool if you and I and Casey to record like like an EP or something, you know? Oh, man, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? I mean, like we could totally, you know, come up with some stuff that is working in that realm and we just create our own album and stuff. Casey's wanting, Casey's been trying to be a singer uh, lately. You yeah. Know? He started yeah. singing. He's getting better and better. That's something that, you know, it, you it came natural. For me, it did not. It's something that I've worked on over the years. And oh, You're a great singer. What I'm, you a, about? I'm a... I'm, I'm acquired taste. Um, well, I mean, I've always made it like I always say, say this, and I mean, and I've said it almost on every podcast at some point or another. If I, if I were to ever win male vocalist, all of Craig Woolard's would be worthless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just brought your, brought your award down to a damn stupid level. Maybe, maybe you need to do one of those uh, talking songs that make people cry. I know. That'd be, be a girl, you know, what I am. one of them country talking songs. Oh, my God. The trucker song. Remember Teddy Bear? Oh, Come yeah. On. Come on back and talk to Teddy Bear. Oh, man, I'm going to do one album like need that. need to do one. You need to do one. It's just spoken word. I do one just, you know, honey, I, honey, I can't get over you. <laughs> get up and get the damn phone yourself. <laughs> Oh, my Thank goodness. God. You know, it's funny, though, because some of my favorite singers aren't great singers, like Randy Newman. You know I love him. Yeah, who can't? You got to love Randy Newman, uh, man. John Hyatt, you know. You know, there's there's a, a ton of them out there. That there. I think there's something about the way, you know, Tom Petty's not even a great singer. I mean, it's, there's something about the way that they – the, the honesty in, in, in singing like that, you know, it's not acrobatic or anything. I think when I try to do that, it's, it, it just ruins what, what, what brought me to the table. You know, right. it's like, don't try to sing like that quick. Just be, you know, stick whatever with, comes stick, out, stick with your three notes and <laughs> do what you do. Well, yeah, man. you know, you got more than three notes, I know, I'm just being, but I don't try to, you don't hear me singing journey songs. Yeah. I mean, I can't sing it, but you wouldn't anyway. I'd love it. Would you? I love Journey. Do you really? I don't love you them. Ever tell me that again? I love it. Really like. I you. just, I just loved it coming up, man. I loved it. Really loved, loved Journey. I just don't understand, man. I just never liked them. I don't like it. I don't like it. There's nothing about it I like it. Just, uh, I, I, I know. How do we never have this conversation before? I, I mean, know. I can't stand them. I just, and I have them. no idea why all the beach bands are playing it. <laughs> 
You know who else I love? Who? Kiss. I do love Kiss. I, I did like Kiss. Kiss growing up. I love Kiss. You had to, man. It was everybody else. It's just one of these things, you know. Yeah, I, but Steve Perry, man, I loved that. I loved that stuff. And I, I got a, I got a closet secret that I loved somebody when I was in, in like a teenager and stuff in the eighties, like the early eighties, especially. I, I, I madly in love with ABBA, man. I love them, man. I'll, I'll come out with you. All I right. love ABBA. Do you, man? And I love ABBA more now than I did then. I, mean, I love it, man, man. My kids are my kids. It's amazing. All that music, even like, um, I mean, my thir- my thirteen year old boy listens to Hall and Oates, man. Oh yeah, and and uh, and my kids are hip to ABBA and the Bee Gees. Yeah, that stuff is brilliant. Dude. It's crazy, man. Uh, uh, take a chance on me. What the arrangement on that stuff? It's crazy. And how beautiful Fernando is. Yeah. Oh man, that song makes me moist. Nothing that cool has ever come out of Scandinavia since. Nothing. 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 Nothing's ever. It's not. I think it's it's like artists you might like. Right. And then all of a sudden, Rod Stewart. I'm like, what does Rod Stewart have to do with right. Sweden? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the Bee Gees, man, that's something like, man, I, I might put the Bee Gees on going home today. I just, God almighty. Do you like their old stuff? Their- I like it. I like all their stuff, man. Just the the brilliance of anybody that could write that many hit songs. Man, you know what I really like? It's amazing. I love, don't get me wrong, I was a big fan of the the whole Saturday Night Fever and all the, the disco era. I did love that stuff. I thought they were brilliant. I loved their old soul stuff back in the early 70s yeah, and stuff. Man. But man, I really love their stuff they put out in like the 80s and 90s. Like Happy Ever After, one. Awesome. Uh, man, the st- man, that, that stuff, stuff was, was good. so crazy good, man. The production was insane. Just a melodic genius. He can't be nice. Who, Robin? Or, or Barry. Barry. I'm sorry, Barry. Rob, or, is Barry the only one alive now? I think he's the only one now, man. He's just a bee. The good looking one. It's just a bee now. He's just a, it's just a bee's. <laughs> <laughs> the bygones. It, it, yeah, tonight we're going to see the BG. <laughs> Brother Gibb, just call him Brother Gibb. Come on, Brother Gibb, come and give us a song. Brother come on, give us some music, Brother Gibb. <laughs> oh, oh. man, you know we really ought to we we ought to do a whole like uh, Tennessee thing together. I know we've been to Memphis together, but we were always working. Right, but it'd be really cool if we, me and you just did like a whole Knoxville, Nashville, Memphis trip together man and you know what i remember most about those those trips is that we got to memphis and the first damn song i heard in memphis was brick house <laughs> at bb king's at bb king's it sure was man there's more blues in uh Ulmer. <laughs> there's more blues <laughs> in Ulmer, south carolina <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. it's that that there's more blues at south of the border this evening i know man it was a bit of a disappointment when we got there man yeah. but we we did find the hole in the wall with uh uh what was uh professor uh potts yeah. in that blues club that little teeny blues club but he was i swear to god he had this plastic cup was the size of one of those old hardy's moose cups and it was filled with like jim beam with no ice no nothing it was just that big ass cup and he kept oh, pouring Lord. jim beam on and he kept going like every three songs he'd start all right man and they'd start going and he'd go tip the band time to tip the band everybody tip the band he'd just walk around like every three songs oh that's fantastic i know it was fun but they were just throwing they loved him man. has he, he was, seen you has he seen your show <laughs> <laughs> Man, we remember that can of Vienna sausages we signed and auctioned for what? Like 150 bucks? I think it was $185 we got for a can of, the man signed a can of Vienna sausages at Hodo's. Yep. On the back deck. 
Sure they, did. They said, it was your idea. Yeah. You brought the candy. He said, quick. <laughs> you said, these people are so obsessed with us. I said, I bet if you went and started auctioning this off right now, you could probably get some good money. He said, you're crazy. And I said, he went, he, I went and got the whole band to sign it. He said, whenever you're ready. About every three, three or four songs, I would like look look at me and point at that can sitting on top of the base rig. He's like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? And man, we, I swear got to, like 150 bucks. It was. It was. Yeah. I know we did. I know we got like 150 bucks. Yep. That was funny as hell, man. Yeah, that was a good tip for the man that night. They probably paid for a man. I never forget. <laughs> I never forget what I did. We actually had the audience count them. I did twenty-seven shots of tequila on stage. Man. At at the end of the night, I was like, "Does anybody need a ride home?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do that and jump up on the table. Oh, I don't do that anymore. I told you about me jumping on that table and then and it breaking. No, it didn't. Yeah, I can't remember where I was at. I jumped on some table like like two years ago, and the table broke and it cut this lady's leg. Oh shit! And I, and, it, and, and she was over to bandage something. I was like apologize. She stayed the whole show, and at the end of the show, she's like, um. She had a bandage on. It. She said, "I, I kind of be honest with you. I'm honored that she, you know, that that I got wounded at one of your shows." She said, "She had a sharpie in her hand." She said, "Will you sign my leg right beside the wound?" And I'm like, "This is like a admittance of a, some kind of lawsuit and shit, you know." So I grabbed that pen. I went down there. I said, "Okay, here we go, Craig." No, you did. Woolard, I sure the hell did sign it. <laughs> no, you did not. I just swear to God, I did. <laughs> Man, oh man, you better quit messing with Craig. I know, man. He's my favorite. He's my favorite victim. Oh my God, singing fool. I know, man. Woo. God, if I, I always told Craig, I said, if I could sing like that, you wouldn't even know me. Mm. With my t- yes. my entertainment skills, if I could sing like I'd be so famous. And you know what his response is? What? You better learn to sing before your knees give out. Oh. <laughs> Well, damn, okay. <laughs> he right, though. He right. <laughs> Ain't nobody want to see my fat ass in a wheelchair. Come on in. Same old. You see this? Come, come up there in a wheelchair. I'm like, wake up, mama drinking liquor. Oh, yeah. man. I won't let you get there. I'll snuff <laughs> you out. Yeah, you would take me out. <laughs> yeah, you? I'll take you out in your sleep. Yeah, just put, go and push me down the damn yep. flight of steps in that you chair. You got good knees, though. You got good knees. <laughs> I do have good knees right now. Knock on wood. Knock on, knock on these wooden knees. Yep. So what uh what do you what do you got planned going on with the weight right now? Man, just doing gigs as they come in right now. You know, we've like I said, we got all the leg work done on uh, about to finish up the studio record and put it out. Are yeah. they coming in? Um, here and there. You know, I'm flying out tomorrow. I said that's the thing, man. When you're playing, it's not like you're playing little teeny outdoor town festivals and stuff you're playing these large venues and that's the things that are struggling the most they're, yeah they're good and but yeah we're all struggling a little bit right now just doing what comes in hoping you know for god's sakes that you know everything's so politicized and, and please people just do whatever they tell you to get through this virus right if for nothing else for no other reason than do it for a damn musician please yeah just get just, our ass back to work please you know only thing that ever took us out that's the damn truth isn't it yep we struggled for a brief moment after 9-11. Yeah, well, there, but yeah, obviously. But but that not like this. Not like this. No, I mean, they didn't close venues and shit, you know. Yeah, we were supposed to go down uh, into this month uh, doing, um, they were doing, a, they made a Levon Helm Memorial down in Helena, Arkansas. And we were supposed to go down and play the the uh, a little event they had, and it's been postponed. 
Right. Getting them down there. It's crazy times, man. Crazy, crazy times. I know, I've tried to stay away from this issue, but I know you mm-hmm. politically, and I know, and I and I know mm-hmm. where I can dance with you or not. Did you get the shot? I, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, immediately. Everybody, whole family. My even my thirteen year old. I'm gonna tell you, man. I'm I I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. I didn't want to do it. You know. Well, I, neither did I. You know, but. It's one of the things, I, I, man, I got it twice. And the first one last spring, I was by myself down in Charleston. It wasn't that big a deal. I'm hanging out. You know, yep. I had toilet paper and everything I wanted because nobody was living there. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, like nobody was down there. And I was the, I was the only person in that grocery store every day. I was like, hey, Margaret, what's up, quick? You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't anything I, I had. I had a headache, blah, blah, blah. And I know everybody has their stories and stuff. But yeah. this last one, last time, I mean, I had, to, I had to not say anything to anybody except management, the guys in the band. I had to disappear for like two weeks. And get her, man, that was some rough shit. I'm yeah. like, it kind of, it, it scared me, man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? You know, I'm overweight. I, I got high blood pressure. I'm an alcoholic. I smoke cigarettes and I vape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I smoke marijuana. And I'm, I'm you know, and, and it's like, all right. Uh, and not only that, and I'm going to be honest, my fan base is, is older. Yeah. Right? And I don't want to be, people are like, well, you can still get it. So? If you got, it. but what I'm saying is, yeah, you still get it, but it's not even if you got it, the strands not as strong, right? And and if I were to, it, I, man, I feel so guilty if I took the life of somebody that that came yeah. to see me for for a break from reality. You think and about then, all the, the hugs we. I mean, we our business is built on hugging, hugging and kissing and shit. yeah, oh, man, you know. And uh, but yeah, we just got to do it to get it over with, for God's sakes. Right. Chip in me, whatever he's afraid of. I, I don't give a damn. <laughs> Hell, I'm, I always tell people, I said, when I turn 50, Albert handed Casey $20 bill. <laughs> I ain't supposed to be here anyway. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, you look good to me, man. Look like, like you're doing good. Huh? You look right. You look the same as you did today on Dan Mansion. Man, I'm just, uh, just keep on walking. Man. <laughs> Walk from here to there. <laughs> Constantly. That's well, my I'm a, secret. I, I'm going to tell you this, and I know I've, I've, I've been running my mouth a lot, but I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, I think one of the greatest gifts I ever got in touring with Coastline was the year, the the 10 plus years I got to play with you. Man, I feel the same way. I mean, I just, it, I had more fun. My face still hurts yep. from thinking about all the fun shit we did, man. And the reason I didn't want to get into too many stories on this show, because we could have done that. We could have sat there and done this. But the truth of the matter is, I really want to write a book. Yeah. about the coastline and I don't want to I don't man I want to blow people's minds with some of the stuff that, that we did we, we went through oh it, my god just insane oh my god remember, but I, remember remember when uh oh remember the American Legion when uh, they were having a memorial for somebody <laughs> Martinsville Virginia yeah some guy named John <laughs> some guy some guy named John and had, we'd lost him. I mean, this is one of our warriors overseas. We lost him. Yep. And uh, <laughs> damn, as soon as it was over, then they did. They did the uh, the, the eleven bells chime. They yep. dedicated it to John. Yeah. And they said, as soon as the eleven bells are over, you go ahead and y'all can go ahead and start your break music because we were supposed to be on break at that time. They yep. did, did it on the break. We said, well, when you go on break, we want to do this first. And yep. then And Eddie Kogel, <laughs> cog, cog hit play, and it was who shot John. <laughs> Who was it? All of a sudden, who shot John came on. I'm going to pass out. I, can't, I forgot all about that. Oh. 
He didn't mean it. it was, he wasn't even paying attention. He wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> oh, We're going to miss you, John. Thank you for dedicating your life for our freedom. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding. Who shot John? <laughs> oh, my God. That's gonna be a good book, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm probably gonna have to get. I, I definitely. I already told Casey that he said, "Well, you need to talk to all of us." And let's <laughs> Don't forget the story about the uh, you and your buddy there in that Monte Carlo hit the that raised pavement and ripped the bottom out of the car. <laughs> Came to uh, <laughs> Chris Ford <the> first. <laughs> <laughs> Just ripped the whole undercarriage off oh my god just glenn tippett alone some of the shit he did my god man old left lane larry old left lane larry man lord I, that made him mad i know man i'll never forget it up we were all drinking like crazy we were all get passing out everywhere drinking beer we were on some band house we'd bought like three or four cases of beer we're like out of our mind drunk and stuff and everybody's starting to pass out like tv's already you know you know whatever they do it like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're like Kitty Hawk. They were right. still old school or whatever. Glenn's, and everybody's like, can't even move. Glenn goes, well, popped up and slapped his legs. He said, well, see you boys in the morning. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> drank morning anymore. Oh, he was a pro. I know, man. i never forget that one time we were at Ramada in Wilmington, and he said, tonight, boys, I'm going to build me a pyramid back here for all the beer cans I have. <laughs> man. I kept turning around and looking back there. And next thing I knew, I mean, I know he's a short guy, but it didn't take long for that pyramid to pass his ass. <laughs> yeah, but reaching up. Remember when you walked up and stuffed that gummy worm in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Took him out. Oh, uh, I let, yeah, the gummy worm was loaded. It had weed in it. And he's, I said, hey, man, you want, you want one of these gummy worms? He said, sure, man. Oh, about 30 minutes into that set. I remember, like, there's somebody playing a guitar solo, and I kind of stood back a little bit from the mic. I could hear the Glenn in the background going, Fuck you, quick! <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad he didn't press charges. Oh, my God. Oh, it's such good times, man. Uh-huh. I love you, Albert Rogers. I love you too, Jim. Quick. Man, promise me you'll come back on this show. Soon, oh, I man. will. I will. Man, I absolutely love you, brother, and I can't wait to see you, man. Uh, always again. I get, by the way, uh, this podcast coming out, I know these things are dated, but we are playing during SOS Malarkey Brothers Monday uh, at the Shoe Center, and then Tuesday we're going to be at Hodo's. Right so on. if you're going to be down at SOS, come check us out. Yeah, come see us. <laughs> yeah, man. I love you, Albert. L- Love you too, Quinn. <laughs> Thank you so much. Don't forget, this show has been brought to you, my dear friends, by Grand Strand Realty here in North Myrtle Beach. Whether you're looking for a beautiful home to sell, to buy, or to come down for a rental, you know what to do. Go to sccoast.com or give them a call at 843-249-1404. Be safe and be kind. And don't slip them any gummies without <laughs> telling them the truth. <laughs>